Episode 147 is here, everybody, with Marty Ray from Marty Ray Project, the independent singer-songwriter who uh, has opinions, man. He's he's funny. He's an entertaining guy. Uh, he definitely likes to correct you. He likes to tell you no. He, you know, you'll see what I mean. He's he's a good dude. We had a fun time uh, hearing his story, uh, how he has grown the social media, why he plans on remaining independent, how long it take him to grow out this this uh, fantastic beard of his. I mean, we, we were all over the place. But most importantly, check him out on his new podcast, Marty Ray Project Chats, and we've linked it here in the show notes. Uh, but before we get there, everybody, please, if you haven't yet, the optimal life continues to grow, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. If you haven't, please click subscribe. It'll allow you immediate access to the episode. Sometimes Apple Podcasts will take hours, if not days, to release an episode. But if you're subscribed and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you'll have it within minutes of it being released. So subscribe and uh, the five-star ratings. I, I can't thank you enough. They continue to come in, and it's allowing the podcast to be pushed out to people all over the world. So we continue to elevate with the five-star ratings, and if you can, take two seconds out of your day to give us the rating and review. That would be much appreciated. With that said, everybody, here he comes, the independent artist, as we talked about, the one and only Marty Ray. The Optimal Life. I'm doing perfect. How you doing? I'm I'm good, man. 2021 is finally here. 2020 is behind us. I, I'd like to get your take on 2020. Give us an overview. I've asked a bunch of people this lately to start the show. How do you describe 2020? And uh, what was your take on the whole chaos with this presidency and election? Well, I don't I don't talk about politics, but I will talk about 2020. I'll say 2020 to me was and to a lot of people if they really look at it was more it was a blessing and a curse but more i think more of a blessing in that uh, it allowed us to to really be grounded and understand what we're really here for and that it, in, a, in a moment in a, I'm, I'm a christian so i trust in the lord so i never was scared or or never was uh, in a place of fear or anything like that and i uh even in uncertain times i've been blessed in it so I, be, I love how it draws everybody closer together. Less travel, no travel, eating at home, around the dinner table. I think those are all good things. Now, yeah, some people some people lost their jobs, and that sucks. That's horrible. And then even me, I lost a lot of money from not being able to perform uh, live, and that hurt. But I don't look at I don't focus on those things. I focus on the quality things all the time I got with my family. Mm. All the time that I got with friends and things like that. All the time I got to to write more music and write more songs and create more content. So I, that's what I focus on in 2020. I'd imagine somebody creative like you, because you've got the acting, you've got the music, you've been doing podcasting before people even knew what the word podcast was. I would imagine for someone creative like you, it's these solitary moments, these moments of solitude that probably allow you to dig in and, and really let those creative juices flow. Well, yeah, yes and no. Something if you're not careful, there was times during the the whole you know lockdown, shutdown, stay in your house, don't ever dare get out. Then during that whole time, where you you can really start to get lazy and just sit there if you allow yourself and just watching TV nonstop, but. Yeah, you you can if you're creative, you always have an urge. I think everybody's creative, 
I think that's what we were put here to do is create. So I, I think everybody wants to create, but the people that have already created, I feel like they always have the urge to create more. Once you create something, especially if you create something and it produces, it yields some sort of fruit, then all of a sudden you 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 crave that mm-hmm. because God put that in you to crave that very thing. So I always crave creation. I, I even teach my daughters. I say, yeah, just create every day. Do do something every day that's creative or or good for your brain or learn something. You know. How, how many daughters do you have? Two. I've got three. Mine are 15 and 12. 15 yep. and 13. That's a fun age. That's where they really start thinking, Dad. Are they at the age now where Dad is not cool, or are you cool again? No, my daughters have all... They, it's the funny thing is I've been blessed in that. I know that I hear that a lot. But my daughters have always loved me and supported me and wanted to be, hang out with me, and they still do. So I'm thankful for it. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you've been creating for, it sounds like doing a little research on your background, you've been creating since you were a young kid. I mean, you, you've you been acting since you were uh, a youth. Well, no, not acting. I just say we're all actors. I, if you're reading a quote or something I've said in the past, I, uh, I said we're all actors when we're children or something like that. I always say that because acting was not something I grew up wanting to do. But I acted my whole life, meaning we all act like we're superheroes, firemen. We, we, you know, we have these, we have these, these grand ideas of what we will be or can be, and we become that as children, and we're able to really, really and truly become that as children until we're taught not to become that. We can't really be whatever it is that we we were as a child. But uh, so I say, acting is really natural for people that were like that as children that played that type of way, like make-believe and things. So when I when I got into acting, it just felt real natural to me because I don't get embarrassed easy. So I, I, can, imagine, I can imagine it being hard for, for somebody that is very shy mm-hmm. to get up in front of people and act. But for me, I'm not very shy. So it was just like being a kid again. So I enjoy, I enjoy it a lot. So how did you get into acting? What was your path? My brother, my little brother graduated high school and he had a job at Zaxby's, which is a chicken place. I don't know if y'all have those up there or wherever you, where are you at? Uh, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. We don't have them, but I've been to, I've seen them across the country, sure. Yeah. So Zaxby's, he was working at Zaxby's in Arkansas and I lived in Memphis and I was dropping him off and he seemed very down and depressed and I was like, what's wrong with you? He goes, ah, nothing. I said, no, no. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, well, I just graduated, and, and uh, I, you know, I just feel like my only my only shot in life is to join the military. And I was like, well, nothing against the military. I love the military, but that's not why you join. I said, you don't join because you feel hopeless and you have nothing left. I said, you're only 18 years, 18 years old. I said, what, what do you mean you don't have a chance? I said, what is, your, what is this, this dream of yours that's so hard to reach? And uh, I was hoping he wasn't going to say president because I would have been like, yeah, you're probably right <laughs> uh, in that regard. But he said uh, he wanted to be an actor. And I said, well, I said, before you join the military, let's uh, you need to go after that first if that's what you want to do. So he, I said, move to Memphis and we will 
I'll find you an acting school and and we'll get you started like that and see where it goes. And he moved to Memphis with me and we we were going to uh, an acting school, indie acting studios in Memphis. My buddy Forrest Pruitt now. And I was just taking him and dropping him off and I was just sitting in the back of the room at first for a while. Then Forrest got to know me and he, he called me up on stage one day and I said, no, I'm not an actor, I'm a, I'm a singer. And he said, well, we're all something else anyway. <laughs> well, let's get up here and play. And I said, all right. So I got up there and I played and, and it was, if everybody seemed to enjoy it and I enjoyed it. So I kept doing it. It took Next you, thing you know, I was getting paid to do it. So and it took you right back to your childhood. You go, I remember doing this. Oh yeah. This is I what I did when I was six years it was, old. It was a, it's a joy. It really is a joy. I, I really like it. I could see you in the uh, upcoming game of Thrones season. You have that look. I would definitely do that. I think Game of Thrones is over, though. But yeah, I would definitely do that. Well, it, it is over, but now they're teasing. They're coming back out in 2022. Are they really? Yes. So I just started watching it the other day because I am far behind. That won't. That won't. I don't think that'll do well because you, you can't end a show. You can't end it with an epic ending or whatever, and then say, "Well, we're going to bring it back because it makes so much money." That can't be the motivation. I don't think. Yeah, I could see well, you. I uh, will act in it now. If they call me, I will act in it. So don't, don't <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll take back what you just said for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, it's interesting because you're an indie guy. You kind of, you kind of stand out. You do your own thing. It looks like. Um, how long have you been singing? How long have you been on the road? How did that all come about? Well, I've never really been quote on the road I, I do, I've done shows all over the, the country but and even in Canada but I've never toured around the country staying away from my family because that's the reason I, w- I won't sign a record deal because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay away from my family that long but any shows that come in we just fly there do the show and come back home but uh I've been saying you mean how long have I been doing it professionally yeah, how long have you been doing it professionally, and how long have you been out there, whatever you want to call it, touring, going and doing a gig, coming home? I, I don't know what you call. It. Well, I've been uh, I've been singing since I came out of the womb, and I still don't know if I do it right, but I, I, I still do it. But professionally, like going after making a living in music, that's been about twelve years, I believe. And I'm horrible at times, but I believe it was about twelve years. I I released that my first album in. Uh, I think it was like 2008 or nine. Even though on iTunes and other places it shows 2015, which is the same year that I released my second album, which is Expression Not Perfection. But that first album is Country Man, and uh, that was actually released in 2008. But I had to, I had a manager that, that came came along before I had any fans, and he said, "Man, I'll get this. I'll get you featured on iTunes and all this stuff." And I said, "Okay, here." So he did, he, he posted it. So he was the one getting all the money and the numbers, and I'd never seen a dime. So I said, take that down. He took it down, and I reposted it in, like, 2015. So anyway. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I was listening to your cover of Morgan Wallen with the uh, Jason Isbell song, Cover Me Up. Very, very well. Yeah. Very, very well done, my friend. Really good. So I had never, I've ne- and I've never heard that song, that when I sung that that day, mm. that's a beautiful like, song. If you see, if you see that live concert, 
you'll actually see right there live in person where I said, man, I don't know that one. CJ, the guy playing that, he was actually kind of teaching me right before we did that how to sing the song. He goes, it kind of goes like this. The melody goes like this. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's try it. And that's, that's what came out. So I was happy with it. So I posted the clip of it up on uh, YouTube. Yeah, I saw it on your Instagram too. It was great. Yeah, on, on, yeah I posted them. I post them on all apps, but first place I always post is YouTube. Talk about the social media. How have you grown it? What's what's the plan? You got a team? I mean, how, how does it go from this indie guy that just started doing the professional twelve years ago to this pretty big platform now of a bunch of people following you on social? How did that evolve? Well, I don't. Uh, I still don't have a team. Wish I did have a team. Um, you know what I realized, Marty? I realized when I ask a question. Uh, I, I know I'm going to get an answer back that's <laughs> I'm going to get corrected and then you're going to tell me what it really is so I, I'm, I'm missing I'm missing on these questions oh no there's no way you would know that unless I unless I told that's not anyway right? <laughs> I'm like you know what I know I'm going to ask I'm him sure, man, after everybody thinks I have a team I wish I did I'd probably be I'd probably be a lot further along than I am I'm, I'm currently trying to explore getting a team of people somebody to come along and help Mm. But uh, that doesn't want me to pay them up front, you know, and say, well, here, yeah, you pay me and I'll do this and that. But somebody that would do a kill, uh, eat what you kill type situation. If you want to, if you kill something, you eat something. Yes. But uh, it's hard to find those people. But I just, just consistency. And it, it, I, I say it was, it was only because of God. It, it, I don't have, I don't have any tricks or, or, you know, secrets or cheat codes for social media. I just started posting. I, I always say God honors effort, so I started putting forth the effort and the talents He gave me, and He started honoring the effort that I was putting forth. Mm -hmm. And the the first video was that actually did well was a parody video that I did. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to just do parody music. I wanted to just do funny funny music videos and make people laugh because I really I still enjoy doing that. And uh, so I, I posted one. I I went and rented a camera and tried to really learn how to do uh, videos right, music videos right. And you could tell in that first video that I was still, that was the first time I'd ever really attempted doing one right. And because uh, it definitely is not right. But when I posted that to Facebook, that same day it got 2 million views. Jeez. And I was like, oh man, this is crazy. Wow. Don't you and wonder so how that happens? That, after that, I just started making sure I was always posting content, and I just kept kept posting, and and every now and then a video would go viral, and and then some of them wouldn't, some of them would, and it's kind of the same way now. There's no new method now. I think that the one thing that helped me back then, but I didn't know it was helping me until years later, were was the fact that I was so honored, and still am so honored and grateful for every single person that has ever supported me commented or subscribed that when they commented or still when they comment i answer all of them back myself and i i comment back to them and i i let them know i, I love them and I, i'm thankful for them and uh little did i know that you know like i said years later found out that that was actually in the, the word is algorithm i didn't even know that word until years after that but uh, literally i know that that is good for Facebook's algorithm right? because it's called a conversation starter 
and so they 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 liked that so that was and i was just doing it because i was so happy and i still do it for the same reason i don't know but i don't even get every comment now because there's there's sometimes there's there's too many it's it's several platforms and it's just it's hard to answer every single comment at this point how has I I, i get a lot of them how has the social media growth uh, correlated to success and what I mean by that is as you've grown and as your popularity has grown has that made things easier has it been easier to sell out uh, wherever you're going to do a show how has that impacted you no it hasn't made it easier uh, the, uh, see I told you hey, Marty I told you you were going to say no I told you with, uh, with 1.2 with 1.2 plus million fans you would think that Man, he'd go anywhere and sell out a show. I would love to say that's true, but uh, the the problem is, I, I was just telling somebody this the other day. I said my dream, my goal is to have, like, I live in Nashville now, so my goal is to have a massive, the biggest fan, biggest portion of my fan base right here in Nashville area, so that whenever I want to do a show, I guarantee it's sold out. If it's a five hundred seat, twelve hundred seat. Or even a twenty thousand seat, it's sold out because I got. If I had one point two million fans in Nashville area, then every show I, I could go set out the Bridgestone Arena, mm. you know. But they're not here; they're spread out. Unfortunately, fortunately, my fans are spread out all over the world. Literally, yeah. I got fans in Scotland and Australia, England, uh, Ireland, uh, Canada, Mexico. I even got fans in Afghanistan. I, they must be military because I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know like Afghani's even had internet, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to knock them. I just didn't know that they had that there. So I'm thinking maybe it's military, and God bless them. Yeah, I think everybody does now. It's crazy, man. Everyone's got connection, no matter where you are. You could be in the middle of the desert, out there at a military base or whatever. Um, so you're you're you preach this indie thing, and obviously it's doing you well. You fit the bill. Sony Records, Universal, you pick a label. They come knocking tomorrow and say, hey, Marty, we want to sign you. We want to sign you to this multi-million dollar deal. What, what do you say to them? Well, I say no because they, I know what they want. And the, what, people, what people don't realize is, what people don't realize is, they, they, people always say, make it. How has this guy not made it yet? You know, they'll say, quote, made it. And they think making it is signing a record deal. When in reality, in reality, I can make more money not signing a record deal and then sign one and make less money. So, but I might have more fans. I might even sell more records, but I'm making less money Mm. because they're taking the majority of the lion's share. So, and another thing about these, you say multi-million dollar, uh, record deal that's what a lot of people say but what what people don't realize is everything they give you you owe them back it's not they're not giving you anything like if they give you if they say here's a signing bonus for two million dollars three million dollars okay well then you got you got to pay that back so before you make a dime off of any of your records all that money's going back to them until you re- until they recoup that three million so then on top of that you got three million dollars signing bonus then you start going to the studio. That studio time, that they, they pay for it, but it all accrues to your account. So by the time you're done, you can win seven Grammys or whatever like TLC did 
back in the day and be flat broke. And that's what happened to them. So it, it, it's not worth it to me to go through to, to be in, in, under. It's a slave. Like, I'm not trying to be a slave. Right. So it won't happen. But isn't there something to it? There's something to having the big machine behind you. And are there ways to... There are clearly people that are making a lot of money, even if they're with a record label, correct? There are people that are already that, that lasted through the hard years, yes, mm-hmm. of the record label that ended up. It, listen, like those shows, American Idol and Voice, and all those places. They they used to have a seven year contract you had to sign just to go on the show. So at any time they could, at any time they could activate that. If you got any attention at all and they felt like they could make money, they activate that contract because you already signed it just to go on the show. So they activate that contract. Now you're signed with them for seven years. As a musician, as an artist, a songwriter, you are lucky just to get one good year. If you get three, you're a very blessed man. If you get over seven years, you're a legend. Right. Like how many artists you know that that you now that were around seven years ago? Not many. Like you got the big legends, Carrie Underwood and and Kelly Clarkson and 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 these people. Like they they lasted, they lasted through the seven years and and came out on top. But that's very few. Look at all the people that won those things, got the contracts, and they have nothing now. Yeah, you don't even remember who they were. They at the moment they seem like the biggest thing in the world, and now you can't even remember their names. It's a flash in the pan. Yeah, because yeah. once the record like once you once the record label is done once they once they say not the fans but once though once the record label says okay you have run your course we have nothing else for you go in a hole mm. well fortunately that never happened with certain people and that's not many but that ever that don't happen it didn't happen with garth brooks it didn't happen with george Strait. It didn't happen with bb king elvis all these people but that's very few in the realm of how many people have signed a record deal but people tend to look at all the boys on top right. and they go, well, these people are clearly making money. Yeah, they, they are because they, they lasted. They made it. That's right. really making it. When you when you get to where you beat the label and you have them now, like Ray Charles. Ray Charles had the record label by the balls. They, they couldn't do nothing. He wanted to do country music. They said, you can't do country music. He said, well, I'll take my master's on then. <laughs> and they said, okay, you can do country music. Wow. And that's how he... Because he was already a legend at that time. Yeah. They, they couldn't stop him. They didn't control him anymore. That's interesting. And when you when you outgrow the label, that's really when you have it. If you're going to do that's, you know, and that, yeah. that. That's exactly right. Now, if I got a deal, if they if they approached me with a deal, multi-million dollar deal, and it said, here's $2 million, we just believe in you. You don't have, here, here's in the contract. That's just your money. You don't have to pay that back. Here's, a, you don't, you, you don't, you can choose you can pay for your own record uh, recording studio. You can pay for all that yourself. Uh, we're not going to take 360 degrees of your career. We're not going to take, like, for instance, I'm an actor as well. So if I sign with Universal and they get a 360 deal, then if I go do an acting gig that has nothing to do with them, they get they get a percentage of it. Right. So if they came back and said to you, we're going to give you $2 million, what were you, what were you going to say? And you don't owe it back. What were you? Where were you going with that? If they said that I own my masters, here's two million dollars. We just want you on this label. You don't owe it back. You can you 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 make the decisions. You have the creative control, and 
and you own your masters, I don't know if I said it or not, you own your masters, then I would sign in a heartbeat. Who wouldn't? Sure. That'll never happen. Now, if they, now if they said that, but there was a asterisk only under one condition, you have to shave the beard. Would that change your answer? Oh, I'd shave it in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I can grow this beard back quick. How long it takes you to grow that thing? Well, I've been growing it for about eleven years now, but <laughs> but but I I, tr- I trim the what I mean by grow it grows quick. Yeah. But I trim the bottom of it now. I'm not I'm not trying to get it any longer than this. So it, it gets trimmed at the bottom every now and then because I don't like. There's I'll be honest with you. Every now and then I want to just cut it off. Every time I'm I sure you it, do. Yeah. I want to shave it. I, but what, I never will. You never will. Why? What is? Is it become part of like your brand? Is it a part of who you are? Why wouldn't you shave it? Well, if you look at my brand, you'll see that I, I'm I'm stuck with it at yeah. this point. But I've always had a beard off and on. And when when God gives you a beard as majestic as mine, it's it's illegal for you to shave. <laughs> you, just, you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, <laughs> hey, that's that's a disservice to the world. Yeah, I feel like if you shaved it, even though you have that urge at times to clean it up, you shave it, you're going to be in a dark depression for a while, going, what the hell am I doing that for? Holy shit. Well, I always tell people, I say, you know, people talk about Elvis and all these big-time actors and people that they can't go anywhere and hide, and they can't. Those people couldn't. Like Elvis couldn't, and Brad Pitt, he can't go anywhere. They can't go anywhere and hide, but if I got super famous like that, uh, I can hide very easily. I just shave my beard. That's I can right. walk anywhere. That's right. That's right. No one will have a clue. Not even your own family would recognize you, probably. They would. My daughter actually had a had a nightmare one night. She woke up just crying, and I said, "What's wrong, Grace?" And she goes, um, "I dreamed you shaved your beard." <laughs> I'm like, oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> you know? That's funny, man. That's funny. Where'd yeah. you, how'd you come up with the name Marty Ray Project? What's what's behind that? Well, the project is just it's it became that. It was it was started off as just Marty Ray, and then after I made the conscious decision that I didn't want to sign a record deal, it became a project, and it was a project about how far can a man get with just God and his fans behind him, no record label. That's kind of what it is. It's a project, and then that morphed into what I call projectors, and that's what I call my fans and myself, and that's anybody that does something creative that they were either told was a pipe dream. Anybody chases a dream or goes after something, they're a projector to me. They're going after something that's unorthodox by the world's standards, then uh, they're a projector. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. And you've got the podcast. Talk a little bit about the podcast. It sounds like you you were doing that quite a while ago. You have a podcast that you're still active with? Well, I have a new podcast. So in 2007, I believe it was, I had a, I started a podcast before anything that I had anything with music, any fans, I was doing podcasts. And like you said earlier, before anybody knew what a podcast was and it got no respect at all, I was doing a podcast. And uh, it was so hard to get guests to come on. It was so hard because nobody, I had to explain to them what it was. And I did that for, I believe, about a year uh, nonstop. We were doing an episode every week. Uh, for a year and it was uh, it was it did pretty well back then for the for the time and and uh, started making it in music and the co-host kept leaving and I didn't want to do it without a co-host so I said because I didn't want the whole brunt of 
responsibility to be on me. Right. So I just kind of put set it aside, and then fast forward years later, I said I want to because my dream, one of my dreams, has always been to be a, a radio DJ or host or of a of a talk of a talk show, you know. So I kind of said well, I'm going to go back to this and start a podcast and make it the same. It's the same type of show that it was in the beginning. And uh, that's what we do. It's called the Marty Ray Project Chats. And we just bring in people. We brought in people like uh, DDP, the wrestler. We brought in Matt Sarah, the MMA fighter. Daryl Worley, country singer. Uh, nice. Uh, Martin Cummins, he's an actor. He's on Riverdale and shows like that. Uh, just Burt Kreischer was just on, the comedian. Mm-hmm, sure. So... Yeah, we we just bringing in people and that, trying to actually just trying to let people be a fly on the wall in a conversation, kind of like this is right here. Yeah, yeah, it sounds so, like that. That's that's beautiful. We'll just have to check that out. Marty Ray Project chats. You guys doing? You have a YouTube presence. I take it with that as well. You guys doing video on well, the podcast? We or have just a YouTube audio? channel, but we 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 just started posting to it just recently, so it's definitely not. It's we not, do have video. We do video with our podcast as well. So I'm, I have all the video, and I'm about to start posting. I'm about to schedule those to post weekly uh, here in the next few weeks. Yeah. So. Okay. So you can get you can get your podcast on audio or video. Yes, sir. All right. Nice. Uh, are you a big UFC fan, or are you just uh, you said Matt Sarah? So I, I am. I mean, I used to I used to be a huge UFC fan. But all, I got I got a few buddies that are in the UFC. Uh, Derek Lewis, who's a, a heavyweight, the Black fighter, Beast, he, the Black Beast, Black Beast. That's right. Yeah. When he fought, he became a fan of my music, and we connected. And he fought um, for the championship belt. He fought Daniel Cormier in, in Madison Square Garden, and he invited me out, and he gave me his his uh, front row tickets to the fight, and I was on the front row right there where the fighters are, where the fighters and the family is. And uh, he walked out. I didn't even know he was going to do it, but he walked out to my original song, Haunted, as he came out. No shit. So, wow. Yeah, it was pretty pretty legendary. Oh, man. With the, the chills, the, the goosebumps going at full throttle, I take it. <laughs> that had to oh, be wild, man. man. Dude, you don't even wild. know the half of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there. I made friends with the... I made friends with the security guard right in front of me, and I told him, I was like, bro, that's my song playing right there. He goes, no way. I said, that's me, dude. <laughs> he, goes, he, he goes, for real. I said, yeah, look, I'll probably show you. And I pulled up on my phone, and I'm like, look, that's me, dude. What's the name, he Haunted? Do what? What did you say the name of the song was? Haunted. Haunted, okay. We'll have to check that out. We'll get, na- name a couple of your top songs for people that aren't familiar with you. Where, where's If they search you and they want to hear some of your good shit, what, what, give us some names. Man, I think it's all good. But, well, I knew uh, you were going to say Outlaw, that. It's like, it's all over the map. There's uh, Everybody seems to like something different. Bare Feet, You Babe, there's, on the, on the Expression Not Perfection, there's a little country. Uh, mixed Emotions is really all just kind of rock kind of rocky alternative type stuff but on on uh well no on mixed emotions there's some there's some actual edm music too on there so i'm all over the map you know that's something you can't do with a record label either you got to release an album and it's got to be called it's got to be one thing and one thing only and uh i don't 
when I release an album, it's it's whatever was on my heart or whatever all the songs that I had written and and, and recorded, I put them all on that album. Who uh, as be- before we finish up, we're getting a little close, but. Uh, before we finish up, who, if anybody, I, I have a feeling you might tell me no one, but um, let's see, who has been an inspiration? Uh, who is who are some of the artists that you've looked up to to kind of you know hone your craft? Why? Why would you think I would say no one? <laughs> I'm going back. I'm just giving you. I'm going back to the uh, you know. This is what happens. I ask you a question, and you know, you're gonna tell me that it's I'm wrong. So. <laughs> I'm just fucking around, man. No I'm one. Just fucking... I've not been inspired by a single person. See, no I told, I told has you, has ever inspired me. No, <laughs> I, I grew up listening to gospel music. Uh, Mahalia Jackson was was one of my favorites. She actually, I actually have a framed photo and album of her on my office wall right here. Mahalia Jackson, Shirley Caesar, Rance Allen, people like that. I grew up listening to them. Then that kind of morphed into R and B. I listened to Boys to Men and and uh, J- Jodeci and people like that, mm. and then later on, kind of got into blues with BB King and people like that. Then, when I was 12 years old, I went to a country music concert for the first time, which was Garth Brooks at the Pyramid. He was swinging on ropes and busting guitars and such. So, I fell in love kind of with country music at that point, and I started listening to country music. Uh, Charlie Daniels, Willie Nelson, Garth Brooks, Hank Senior, mm. people like that. So it kind of, and then that morphed into Leonard Skinner, and so it just it's just mod podge of progression of that's what that's what my voice and my my songwriting really is. Just a whatever I, I like it all really. Yeah. I like most most music, but my I guess my favorite style of music to this day is gospel and soul type music. So Al Green. Al Green is still to this day my favorite singer, so he's a he's a, he's a Memphis boy too. So he's he is so good. I don't know if you know who Al Green is or if yeah. you ever heard him, but you should definitely know him. Now who's yeah. got who's got better barbecue, Memphis or Nashville? Well, that's almost a blasphemy to, to even ask that question. Memphis, <laughs> of course, Nashville doesn't have good barbecue. <laughs> you know, like you, you, you know, you keep saying I'm correct, and here I go again. See, here I go again. See what happens? <laughs> See how I do you? That's Golly. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I've been to Nashville before. They've got some fantastic barbecue. But again, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, so my standards are lower than probably people from your neck of the woods. Way lower. Yeah. You see our Browns uh, almost pull off that game the other night? Say again? You watch the NFL? I don't watch the NFL anymore. No. I used to. I used to be a fanatic, Cowboys. But I haven't watched NFL in two years. Yeah, you, I wouldn't either if I was a Cowboys fan. Uh, <laughs> you know, that used that might have used to have bothered me, but it doesn't anymore. <laughs> there you go. So. That means you're in a good place in life. Hey, uh... <laughs> Listen, man, I, I really do appreciate it. It's, it's cool seeing what you've been able to do in a short period of time. Uh, check them out, guys. Marty Ray Project on Instagram. Uh, we'll link up some of your, your website and all this other stuff in some of the show notes here. And uh, we'll be watching your continued success, my friend. Thank you so much for tonight. Yeah, be sure and uh, put the podcast link, the Marty Ray Project chats in there. We will do that. We will do that for sure. I appreciate you. You got it, my friend. Thanks so much. All right, brother. God bless. Likewise.